I'm Andrea, and welcome to Mas Fino Please, a natural wine podcast where once a week I open up a bottle of wine with other wine lovers and get to know a little bit more about their side of the industry. I'm getting the unfiltered version of the wine world, so pour yourself a glass and stay a while. Welcome back. Today's episode is a fun one. I mean, they're all pretty fun, but this one in particular was a lot of fun to record. I chatted with my good friend, Ben, who's a wine director here in Los Angeles and the host of a very cool pop-up. He is also extremely passionate and super adventurous when it comes to wine, and he is just a fabulous teacher and really just like a person that you want to chat with and learn from. And I'm just really excited for you all to hear this conversation together. And I hope you enjoy. Let me introduce this vino over here. The bottle is a bit smudged. Um, Okay, so this is a wine called Over Easy. It's actually a piquette. I selected a piquette because I thought you were going to dinner and I didn't want to like give you anything but also you're a wine professional so i guess it, you're used to it drinking random stuff all the time yeah <laughs> i guess yeah but um this is so this is a piquette it's called over easy the producer is say when um it's a husband wife duo from echo park um but they make their wines in lompoc and Sick. yeah and Rachel is the winemaker. Um, the husband, Mikkel, is like the marketer business side of it. And she just makes like really beautiful, elegant, um, just like, but also really fun and unique wines. And you may know her from the wines Weird Parties. Have you seen those? Yeah, I was going to okay. say, I remember buying that when I was like doing stuff with Camp, which okay. is that spot like yeah. on Sunset. Sil- uh-huh. Yeah, like Silver Lake adjacent, whatever that neighborhood is. Um she got them as like their first batch. And that was like one of the first like oh, big nice. wine note things that I did for her when I got in there. Cool. Um, yeah. So, so you're familiar that. with like, and there was like this parties. story about how they were like on vacation and there was like a, they were staying next to a couple that was like ordering a lot of really weird room service and they yeah. were taking pictures of it every night. And yeah. then those became the labels. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's, love, that's love, say love when. that freak shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's they're awesome. awesome. They're so cool. And like all of their, I feel like all their wines tell a really unique story. Like, Obviously, it's like the bottle and whatever is like, you know, whatever grapes they use and stuff. But like just the label itself or the name of the wine always has like a really personal, thoughtful story to them. But it's like, if you know, you know, like they don't really like broadcast it on like the back of the label being like, we took this picture because whatever. It's like if you have a moment to chat with them about it, they tell you about it. And it's just like a really cool way that they weave like their personal experiences into their wines and stuff. Um, But anyway, so this is a piquette. Um, from them again, it's called over easy. And so last year she did one with her weird parties, Greenwich Blanc. So she made a piquette out of the Greenwich Blanc Mm -hmm. skins. Um, and this is, so they're weird parties. Oh my gosh. And I might, so this is not labeled. Um, but I'm pretty sure now I should, I should have like asked her about this before. Um, they made this red one out of their weird parties, red, which was their Greenwich uh, noir. Mm -hmm. So this is, that's what this is. And it's like 9%. It's a little bit more than last year's. Apparently a little bit more fizzy fun. I haven't tried this wine. Cool. I've had her, um, skin contact white. I don't know what it is. Orange, whatever. Yellow piquette. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, I vaguely remember one that had a little bit more of like an actual like egg Egg color. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So Um, this is the, this is the first time she has done 
the we are live yes active uh, there are lots of bubbles happening here Let's see if we could hear this i might have um taken the fizz out oh maybe that'll get on there ah, we go. fizz noise like <laughs> yeah a little asmr i don't think they could hear it <laughs> okay so here's for you you can get the poor asmr there you go and the dryer asmr in the background <laughs> the chime Okay. Also, I love a little glass. I have a couple sets of these, these like baby tiny. glasses. Yeah, I love them. They're I know these are good. I got these from Heaven's Market. I don't know if you know Heaven's Market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I went in there. I, I, I stop in there on bike rides and like pick up like little cans. Yeah, of, like, whatever tiny wine that comes in like a small container and like take it to the park. Yeah, she has right. a couple splits too. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Ooh. Mm. This is fun. Like raspberries yeah yeah yeah. like i was gonna say like good like cherry strawberry nice like like natural sour kind mm -hmm. of like flavor mm -hmm. mm. not to plug taste buds but like kind of like a sour candy yeah i know cool wow great job rachel when you listen to this just know we love this yeah this is yeah this is <laughs> this is good this is really fun I mean, I like, I've, I feel like I've gotten, and it's also like, look how active it is. It's really fizzy. I feel like I don't often see piquettes like be so fizzy. I know mm -hmm. they're supposed to, that's what Rachel was telling me, is that like the definition of piquette is like technically like prickle. And so it's supposed to have like less than a pet gnat. It's not quite a sparkling, but it's like a little something in it. And I, I don't usually see them that often. When, yeah, I, when I, mean, I get piquettes, I feel like they're not, at, they're a little more flat than this. Yeah. This is really like fizzy. And I, I feel like I never get to really experience piquette because like it's such a more like in the moment type of drink, not necessarily like perfect for like, right. a, like, you know, like a by the glass program or something like that. So like, this is really cool because this one's awesome. Yeah. This will be like a fun, like drinkable drink, drink. I've heard that this bottle is like really crazy and out there and maybe along the lines of what you just described. It's the um, Wisco Disco by uh, American Wine Project. So they're from Wisconsin and they're making wine out of table grapes. Mm. So these aren't like traditional wine grapes. It's like, I don't know, Concord and like, I don't know. I don't actually know what grapes are in it, but it's like, a really juicy, sweet grape. I kind of love that because, like, <laughs> there's this, <laughs> there's this, like, full on need, like, yeah, to be supporting these type of grapes that, like, just happen to be growing and like using everything and not necessarily just like throwing out stuff just to have it regulate like other fruits and vegetables. Like, I kind of love that. Right. No, and I think like, like, just this whole kind of like. Well, I had this conversation at actually Heaven's Market. They were doing like a wine tasting there with about sustainable wines and climate change and et cetera. And uh, My favorite conversation. It was pretty like depressing, TBH. But it was but, it was really like, interesting. It's, it's very uh, stimulating like, to be in the moment in here and trying to like be a part of it. Yeah, like, yeah. That's, that's, no, 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 that's for sure. Part. I mean, that's like that's like why I love wine specifically. Natural wine is like the conversation around it and mm. like what we can do as consumers, as producers, as people in wine to like really make a change through whatever processes are part of our 
or yeah, scope. Yeah, like depending and like, on whose role you yeah. kind of affect into. Yeah, yeah it's like and it's like, and it totally, yeah. And like, I don't know, for, for, for me at least as being like, I guess I put myself in the category of like wine marketer or like marketing or whatever. I have a chance to share that message with people that like you can be sustainable in your purchasing and like what you choose to consume um, when it comes to wine. It's not just like doesn't only apply to food, doesn't only apply to like the farmer's market, what's at the farmer's market. It also applies to things like wine. And so, yeah, I find it like a really interesting conversation. But one of the things we talked about is um, just like this idea of like the industrialization of wine, um, kind of like having a role in the climate crisis and just like the industrialization of agriculture and agricultural products in general. But then if you really like go back to like the OG ways and like limiting wine to like the regions, only the regions in which it's produced, then there's no longer access. And obviously like we want everyone to enjoy like delicious, amazing wine. And I think projects like this American wine, I think they're called American wine company, sorry, American wine project. Um, they're a good example of like, they're producing wine in Wisconsin and they're not using grapes like, I don't know. They're not using, you know, a Pinot or grapes. Like obviously those grapes don't grow in Wisconsin, but they're using what they have. And yeah. same with like people who are producing other fruit wines, like pear wine and an apple wine and ciders and things like that. So it's, it's kind of like super important that like the conversation happens, especially post like all of our favorite places closing and all of our favorite restaurants shifting into grocery stores and being able to support these like local grocers in all these different ways. Like we saw it happen like in a lot of different ways, like in an organic wave, like probably like 15, 20 years ago. But now like more recently, like we're kind of coming out of this like mm -hmm. hyper-focused shopping, like phenomena, whatever you want to call it, uh, that now like buying ethically and supporting the people that are doing it right, whether like you just kind of understand their ethos, whether their story is like cool or not, or just like they're actually doing really cool things and like saving right. like generations forward type of like thought process like yeah it's it's i don't know it's the fucking coolest part about this whole thing yeah it's definitely just like there's m so much more to unravel and like there's so many people scratching the surface there's a lot of people that like still cater to the grocery stores and like mm -hmm. somehow those guys will learn one day but yeah uh, right now there's a lot of other cool people that are just like pushing that narrative forward that like make it fun just to be on the receiving end of it like especially like on the floor at restaurants mm -hmm. like to be able to translate that story of like this one guy and now this one juice and now this one juice and his experience with this food that this chef has created like right is fascinating yeah like the combination of what pairings do to people's like brains and like take them out of the place like it's the same thought process when it comes to like how movies take people like out of their reality. Mm -hmm. So it's fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> I am Ben Schmickler. I am a sommelier, former photographer, branding, marketing, kind of a little bit of jack of all trades, creative type person. And I got into wine uh, a couple of years ago when I was doing a lot of stuff with photography and mixologists and cocktails and packaging labels and branding things and telling all the stories and working with brands that were like really cool and I would name drop and then brands that I would never, nope, <laughs> yep, that's the end of that. Um, so that was kind of my start. And then 
during the pandemic, I got to get involved with Wine and Eggs and get to help with them on the floor and just kind of like literally do sales and just kind of understand like what this moment is for a place that's fully just like natural wine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There wasn't really like a full wave of like grocery stores and like maybe like more like special like hospitality type of stores like that doing it in a way. Um, So I was with Wine and Eggs for a minute and then bounced to get to train under a sommelier at Alta in West Adams. Oh, amazing. I got to work with Ruben Morenci. Um, I worked with him all the way up until, like, unfortunately, he passed away mm-hmm. uh, and was really just, like, one of two people that got to really just, like, absorb everything out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who's level three sommelier training had almost, like, 40 years of restaurant experience. Yeah. Um, his great-grandmother opened, like, one of the first like cafeterias in France. So like this dude's wow, like restaurant experience, yeah, like, like front of house, back of house, like was the most solid I'd ever seen. So he was just cool to just hang out with doing tastings, you know, like getting, making coffee drinks, like all sorts of fun stuff in the wine shop over there. So you didn't have any like real like wine aside probably from your own personal, just like experimentation or whatever. You didn't, you weren't like studying wine ever before working at wine and eggs not necessarily like i mean like in this very funny way like so my mom's a chef like like mm-hmm. pull the curtain back uh, mm-hmm. my mom's <laughs> been a chef in la worked for a lot of really cool restaurants um i always tell people that i was like the ratatouille like mm-hmm. the rat though of that story <laughs> just like running around causing havoc and i always like made this joke that like one day the rat will become the chef and i was like i used to joke with that with a lot of people because I was like a photographer doing content, telling these stories, spending a lot of times like annoying the fuck out of these chefs and these like beverage directors, uh, having them like pour photos over and over and over just to be able to like get this capture right. Making a dish from start to finish and then making it look pretty like is kind of difficult. And so it was fun to be mm-hmm. able to someone that could like translate those stories and really kind of like focus that. And even when I was in photography school, like all of my major portfolio assignments were food related. Mm-hmm. Uh, I pretty much like did a really fun concept where I picked six people that I was friends with and I picked six random plates of food and I made them eat the food by like pouring it on themselves and just Amazing. these type of like interactive, <laughs> yeah. like creative moments that like really just kind of make this like campy, almost mm-hmm. highbrow, lowbrow moment really fun. Cool. Yeah. Um, so bring food into like a new light and beverage. Like it's it's a different form of photography for it. It's a different form of looking at it mm-hmm. because we're so used to seeing like food in photography as like one way, and you're like bringing it to life with like this different energy. Yeah, like there's always these like really cool kind of like essence magazine type of like contents and stories coming out about all these cool restaurants, and mm-hmm. it's just like we all know that there's cool food happening, but it's like let's translate these stories correctly. And I think my like translation of going from pho- like photo and video and marketing to wine was I was like there's this really important story that needs to be told mm-hmm. that's translating from like experience of the winemaker picking these small little nuances to make this thing perfect or make it like super weird mm-hmm. or make it super whatever fill in the blank uh, that I was like I want to see this culturally survive like mm-hmm. I want to see like agriculturally it, it happen but more importantly like start to kind of be a part of this wave of people that buy and support and put what's in their body like more important make it more important for themselves yeah um 
So that was kind of my main goal with that. And then being at Alta was cool because like the wine program there was all uh, like POC and all women owned mm-hmm. wines or Amazing. created or like had to be like a majority owned or created that way, um, which held us to like a really high standard, but taught me so much about just like how effective you can be with these stories that people are bringing to you inside Mm -hmm. these bottles Mm -hmm. um and so being able to like kind of bounce from that and do sommelier stuff and be like full beverage director um at bar restaurant is like the fucking coolest part about it all because i'm like really just like getting to translate these stories through these channels of like educating our staff Mm -hmm. educating our guests the wine program there is fucking fun like it's just like really kind of different to be able to explain things to people in a way that's like not just like here's a list and I hold a napkin over my right. arm and I'm like and I like <laughs> yeah. come over and like open a bottle and then like disappear it's like no like I'm gonna yap in your face for like 10 minutes about this like specific guy that I know that like yeah I can tell you like what color sandals he wears mm-hmm. you know like in the FaceTime videos that we have and we talk about like his wines right. but like in the same way like the story is just important. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It was like you can really sell someone on a bottle of wine by the story, but like like there's like an authenticity I feel like when someone who really knows about the wine, it's not just knowing like what's in the glass. That's obviously really important, right? Like that's really important to sell any wine. But when you're also like yeah. And this producer lives with his mom and his mom helps, you know, trim the vines at the, and like really just like understand all the care and all the energy that goes into producing whatever wine it is, wherever it is in the world. And like maybe they only get like so many months out of the year to do this one particular thing because they have to do it before, I don't know, whatever season, like just knowing all of that, like that's what I love so much about wine is like it brings it to life in this way that like Unfortunately, we don't really know that like with other products, right? Like we it's we're only just now kind of like scratching the surface with food like when it comes to like farming and and the farmers markets and who's growing our food and stuff like that, but like we really have an opportunity when it comes to wine because it is still so like, like it's getting warmer on this earth yeah. and like you have to understand that like yeah, the places that like can allow for those things to still sustainably grow like are a gold mine and we have to protect those mm-hmm. and like also protect the people that are protecting those places. And right. Yeah. Make that kind of like an ethos that ends up getting to a place like Los Angeles where like you can't see a piece of farm property. That's not like a backyard, like kind of like neighborhood garden thing. Mm-hmm. That's like full scale, like anywhere in the city, but we have the freshest fruits and vegetables, meats, cheeses, wines that like, you could find in this almost like maybe in the whole state. Yeah. So it's just yeah. like, yeah, it's like we have to figure out a way to like make sure that we support those like people that are like still able to. Totally. That's, that's exactly, that's like what, uh, taste buds was really like, I mean, taste buds started as a, a pod, um, as a pop-up, um, but has like obviously like evolved because of COVID it evolved into something like more, which is really like the driving ethos of it is connecting people with farmers because we have access to it in every neighbor, almost every neighborhood now has a farmer's market. I think one of like the, the only issues with like farmer's markets is like accessibility in terms of like transit in our city, being able to link people to farmer's markets, but the, the markets are there. It's just that people don't really have access to them. Like 
through like buses or metro or if they don't have a yeah, car. Yeah, it's like, hello, LA Metro, put yeah. the bus lines near the farmer's market. Oh my God, seriously. <laughs> or just, yeah, yes. If you're listening. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, we have so, like, LA is abundant in beautiful fruits and vegetables and products that are made by community members. And it's just like a matter of like getting people aware Mm -hmm. because I think it's, there's definitely like people are receptive to that idea in LA. Um, but we're also still very conditioned to be like LA in the nineties, which was like hyper, like industrial products and snack packs yeah, and like, like it's whatever. unfortunate but like yeah we have super commodity like commodity type of right. arrangements for shopping and like unfortunately like there's still a lot of like food deserts like mm-hmm. that like exist in these like city that's full of 88 neighborhoods that, yeah like sure more than half of them like still have that like struggle and like yeah kind of, like balance of grocery to like liquor store kind of thing totally living in like the center of downtown like you you're overstimulated by like whole foods and the farmer's market on the weekend and all those things but like you said there are still a lot of neighborhoods in our city that like the access like the 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 prod like the the market is there it's it's just like the access to it yeah it's like it's almost performative in a way to see these markets miss these moments in these neighborhoods like in this way where you're like why like take a chance and actually like put a Whole Foods, like, not exactly them, but, like, something of that sort that, like, allows people to understand that there's this moment happening. And, like, a right. lot of the community gardens, like, are, like, pushing for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm blanking on the name of it, but, like, I worked with an organization that was similar to that where they, like, essentially were buying up as many places and plots of land that they could. Oh, eco-urban and gardens? I think they were, like, around that. I feel like that was it. I work with eco-urban also. Yeah. So I teach classes, uh, like, nutrition classes, at some of the locations that Eco Urban has, like at different high schools and mm-hmm. different parks in the Elmani community. Sick. Yeah. So I know I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, like that's that kind of stuff is just like the most important kind of like thing. You know what I mean? Like to like separate it from like even just like at the end of the day, like yeah, like there's people making cool wine and cool doing stuff yeah. like that. But like breaking it down to where like kind of making it feel like how San Francisco has a lot of restaurants and like grocery stores and liquor stores that like have locally made products that Mm -hmm. like are getting this highlight getting this shine you have this like understanding of like whoa like I live in this neighborhood and I can support these people and they live in my neighborhood too yeah um just making sure we're how are yeah Yeah, we're good I'm just making sure we're still Running. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we jumped into this, like, awesome tangent about, <laughs> no, no, like, no, I food love sustainability. It. And, like, that's kind of, like, the ultimate ethos behind, like, what really this, like, wine moment is happening. It's For like, sure. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of really cool stuff that, like, happened in the 90s that, like, yeah, we need to protect. But there's also a lot of people, like, saving heirloom grapes or saving grapes and replanting them in places that, like... Mm-hmm. Like the rules are being broken and like that's kind of the fun part too is like support those guys also. Totally. I think like – I think that speaks volumes of a winemaker like being able to adapt whether it's to unfortunate climate changes or to, you know, whatever resource they have on hand. Like being able to create and produce something like delicious and amazing with that and still like be sustainable and tell a story and be able to like function and provide jobs for people and just to like create something amazing for other people to share. I think like that speaks more than 
a super traditional winemaker who of course I also appreciate their work as well but like is very like you know resistant to adapting to something new they only have like one way they want to make their wine and they've been making it like that for 20 years whatever it's like that's cool and that's great but like like I want to see you like roll with the punches and like really like get pushed around and like how do you keep your momentum going like that's like really impressive and really interesting to me when it comes to wine that doesn't always mean that the wine is like the number one best wine I've ever had in my entire life but like I could really it doesn't always have to be like the greatest wine ever I I could really appreciate like the work that they put into it and like the effort that their whole system like put into like creating something when all the odds were against them you know yeah, I mean like it's the same way that we like go crazy for these seasonal fruits and vegetables like especially in LA like we have these like gold mine era of like the year where like there's fucking awesome seasonal stuff that like just comes and goes yeah and like especially in the restaurant industry I know that we like get to like ride on a lot of like super exciting re- seasonal like vegetables all over the world that like it's so fun to be able to back that up Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you do have to kind of be able to like, be like, yeah, like the sun is cooking everything and it is getting hotter and right. like, how do we share that? It's funny too. Cause like yesterday, um, I was at the wonder work event mm-hmm. and those guys were saying that they want to have essentially like their joke was that they were like, we need to break up the norm of like understanding that like Riesling is not all the time every day for everyone. Also California Riesling, like can like hold up a punch yeah and, he, and they were like we're gonna hold a riesling festival in germany and <laughs> it's only gonna be california grapes and we're gonna like make them all do blind taste testings and it's also kind of like in the same way it's like breaking up the norm and being able to point guests and especially in my experience like customers in these directions where you're like no like rosé doesn't have to be from france no riesling doesn't have to be from these territories that you're right. familiar with like watch me like knock your socks off with like this rosé that's been sitting in, you know, an amphora pot for like yeah. six months. That's like from a piece of property that like you would kind of like look weird. Yeah, at. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love kind of like, you know, flipping those guys upside down too. Cause like they come in to have an experience and then they like pull the trust away from you as like mm-hmm. the psalm and mm-hmm. as the beverage director. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, 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 we're coming back. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. Like, like, like here's my sweater. Like I'm gonna take my jacket off, put it around you and you're safe. You're okay. Yeah. Try this Riesling. And you're like, Oh, fuck. So do you get a lot of those like old school wine dudes? Yeah, like I mean dads like dads and moms. Who I mean, are, I, mean like, like, I work in Silver Lake, so like there's a lot of people that just come through for like the most crushable orange situation that they can get their that's hands me. on. Um yeah, <laughs> which like me. is so fun too because there's so much happening in that like space right now from stuff that's here in LA and like California territories to, you know, all over the world, but yeah, it's fun. We get this combination of people that want a pairing or they want a party. Mm-hmm. There's like, there's very few in between that like have a little snack and like don't drink a lot. You right. know what I mean? Um, which is fucking awesome because like that's the fun part about it too is like I'm like this chef made this plate of ridiculously amazing food and I got this wine that's going to background dance for this fucking arena show that you like mm-hmm. are about to have with this dinner and like it's just cool. The lights toned down and like everyone has a glass of wine and it just turns into like a party. Yeah. Um, Bar restaurant is like, it's such a hidden gem. I can't believe I, honestly, I can't believe I didn't know about it until you told me about it. It's like exceptional, like exceptional food, 
the design, just like the interior and design alone is such a vibe. I was like, I want to live here. <laughs> like, this is what I want my house to look like. Yeah. Like I, I joke with a lot of people that like I go upstairs and pull a wine bottle down and the room spins around and like a bed pops out. Yeah. So I was totally. just like, I'm here all the time. And also like, <laughs> I love this place. Like, yeah, it's no, beautiful it's in here. It's so amazing. The music was super cool. All the servers are like on a cheerful vibe, which sometimes doesn't ha- like you could go to a restaurant and like you can tell the staff is like angry or oh my whatever. God. I went to a restaurant uh, with my girlfriend like two weeks ago and like we wanted like an extra thing of bread. It was an Italian restaurant and <laughs> the staff was like going in on each other and it's just like, oh, fuck. You can catch that vibe for sure. And like at bar restaurant, it was like so much fun. I think our maybe. I, Tanner? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tanner. I, I forgot his name. He <laughs> yeah. was incredible. He was our server. Like, I felt like I was like, pull up a chair. Like, come and sit and eat with us. It's, like, it's the most <laughs> fun was... place. I, like, am upset some nights because I'm like, damn, the dining room was fucking popping. Like, I would love to have a seat and, like, yeah. call my friends up and be right. like, yo, let's have dinner. But, like, it also is cool to be, like, someone that really kind of, like, organizing and curating a lot of that, yeah. like, is fucking awesome like it really feels like for me a, a perfect translation of when I was working on set and doing a lot of stuff with these like giant entities of brands and creative directions and lookbooks and all this kind of stuff like mm-hmm. translating this story of like how we're like we have this ethos of this restaurant and now I'm kind of like someone who really gets to like help and control that and like everything from like the lighting to the music to like curating the yeah. wine list that like supports this fucking incredible food like it's it's very similar in my brain and how that kind of like translated over, which is kind of why it's so fun. So, okay. Well, I had one other question too, before we got too far away from it, but what made you, but I want to stay on bar restaurant because Mm. I have another really, I want to know also is, well, first, how did you decide to make the switch from retail to like working on the floor, like in wine? That was like a big jump from wine and eggs. Yeah. um, So the fun part was uh, Alta, the team that I was where, there with at the time, I kind of like joked that it like felt like being like on the Chicago Bulls like before they like started winning all the championships because uh-huh. you were like everyone on this team is like incredibly fucking solid. Um, and we all kind of like built up enough muscle in ourselves to be like, let's do a pop-up. Let's kind of build up this moment where like... So we that's all, where your pop-up came from? Yeah, essentially. Oh. Uh, it was because of a couple of different people at Alta. We all kind of came together, specifically me and Eric Williams mm-hmm. uh, sat down and we were just like we love this space that we exist in. You're back of house. I'm front of house. We're kind of like figuring out these ways that like this era of post COVID, this era of like restaurants kind of really backing Mm -hmm. up the people that work there in a way that they like really represent what's happening. I was like, what if we got to like put this shine on where the plates, the people that work here, the wine and the room that they all sit in all come together in this like perfect ethos uh, so Eric and I put together this pop-up called something else, mm-hmm. which the whole point of it was to be like able to customize, be able to move really quickly on its feet where we were going to just kind of like knock out different concept dinners. And the first one that we did, which like awesomely kind of both got us graduated out of where we were at was, uh, we did a 25 person, like seven course food, seven courses of wine. We got everyone like real <laughs> sauced up. Yeah. Uh, in a photo studio that a friend of ours connected us with. We had a jazz band in the corner. I had a friend of mine who like does video capturing this like chef's table kind of like dinner, like presentation of it. Mm -hmm. And that was like my thing of being like, okay, cool. I'm now going to jump into full on restaurant stuff. Yeah. Like not necessarily just being on the retail side. Right. Because I was like, 
this pop-up space, this moment is so much more exciting. So that was your that was your team from Alta. Mm-hmm. You guys like all came together for that. Okay. Yeah, like uh, like the servers that we had at the pop-up. And everyone that was back of house, including my mom, was also like doing oh dessert gosh, for that's us. That's amazing. Um, yeah, like it was fun. I like really yeah. kind of like pulled in all the the heavy hitters. Yeah. But yeah, uh, we set up. What was it like back in November? We did our first big dinner, and we're like getting ready to plan the next one and kind of like mm-hmm. figuring out what parts of it. But the cool part was, a couple of the people at the dinner were like, "You guys doing this? This is sick." let us help you get into some other situations. So like someone at that dinner connected me with people at Bar Restaurant, which is the like coolest part about the whole thing. And then same thing with Eric. Eric got connected with Woon. Mm-hmm. And now he is like the man over there. Yeah. Um, and so it's just That's so amazing. fun to just watch everyone like grow and experience these like different parts of like the food scene. Food yeah. Moment. When Matt comes back down here, I'll have him share his original, like his first pop-up was almost exactly what you were describing. So it was like 25 people, eight courses, one guy, (laughs) him. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think he, I mean, he'll probably tell you more about it, but like it was me as like front of house. Like I was just like running food and my friend Carly was going to do like the meditate. We did like a meditation to like bring people into the space before we started cooking. And we didn't have any other servers. The servers we had like dropped out, weren't available. And so I was like, Carly, I know you're supposed to eat dinner right now, but please help me serve this food. So like the two of us are like sprinting around the kitchen. The kitchen was chaos. Probably Matt had his like friend who was like the Sioux at, um, at Providence, like be his Sioux. <laughs> Which is hilarious. We kind of pulled in like a same like level of chaos where it was like one of the other sous chefs at Ulta came in to help us out. My mom was doing dessert. My girlfriend was helping my mom with dessert. Uh, My roommate has a jazz band. He was playing jazz in the corner. Uh, Like all these like perfect little moving parts. Half the table was people that I'm like really close with. Yeah. And then the other half was like industry heads. And like that's what Eric and I were like, fuck. Right, like let's right. like we got to do right, this, right. and like that was the most fun part about it is like everyone was like, "Whoa, like you guys can do like I always say this as a joke, but like I was like I call it Diner Dash, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, like we're all just still playing Diner Dash. Uh, <laughs> they were like, "You guys really know what you're doing, you know what I mean?" And like that was the fun part. I was I was like, "Great, cool, let's curate more of these out of the box type of dinner experiences." Yeah, yeah, yeah that was this, it was the same. I mean, like. I regard it as one of our shining moments because it was literally just like Matt and I, we were freshly dating. Like, honestly, it was like the first like three months into our relationship. And I don't know why we got this wild idea to like throw this very over the top dinner at somebody's house who like it wasn't even our own house. Her parents were like out of town or something that day. So like we she like let us like host in the backyard or whatever. And same like one of his friends was like is a uh a jazz like he has like a jazz band mm. they played for like four hours and i think they got paid like a hundred dollars if that <laughs> like, I, like we thought the dinner was gonna we thought it was gonna be like a two-hour event no eight courses eight tasting courses like ends up being like 
literally four and a half hours yeah, of like, and like people <laughs> having to like fire everything the right timing clearing plates yes. uh, washing we, plates we yeah, only had like oh, one set fuck. for like the washing, whole time washing <laughs> plates really will get you when it comes to doing pop-ups yeah uh, we like had to wash plates for one course that we didn't count for the right amount of space on the thing and right it was just like me like hosing down plates and then like throwing them into this dishwasher and like yeah, it was so yeah fun. i know um, yeah i I'm, i can't wait for us to be able to kind of like pick back up uh, Eric and I kind of wanted to like focus them all around like like warmer months. Mm-hmm. Like he and I both have the same birthday, which is kind of this weird synchronicity of like why we just like mesh perfectly because mm-hmm. we're like the same person. Uh, when is your birthday? July thirteenth. Oh my god, cancers! Yeah. Oh my gosh, Matt's a cancer too. You guys are. Oh, you guys need to just like. I was gonna say up. we need a third. <laughs> we can add him in. Oh my um, gosh. But yeah, we always need help with desserts. Um, and. Uh, yeah, that part of it just like really is like the most exciting thing. Yeah. Like is kind of this growth moment of like being like, yeah, every day I'm at bar restaurant mm-hmm. doing the wine program there, like kind of having this like incredible like overnight, every night type of like let's throw a party type of experience. Yeah. And then like using those kind of like moments to really kind of like hone in like what our space is going to look like. Like, Mm -hmm. I think Eric and I both talked about like eventually getting into some sort of like brick and mortar operation where things... So you want to open a restaurant? I I don't think it's like fully like a restaurant. Like, I think we've really kind of talked about like bringing in something that's like customizable, that's like got a retail space because we like really like the idea of supporting a lot more of like the community, but like not just being like kind of like a hyper grocery store too, mm-hmm. like really being able to seat people every single night, mm-hmm. like maybe having some sort of like pullback. Like we were talking about like getting a thing where you can like roll back shelves and just like That's cool. make it like yeah. daytime this, nighttime that, customize mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I personally love um, Voodoo Vaughn mm-hmm. over on Virgil. I think they have a fucking sick concept. Yeah, that's what my friend, she's like obsessed with Voodoo Van. Like that's like her... Her like Euro afternoon <laughs> kind of vibe. They're perfect. Yeah. They're open for a few hours. If you miss it, you miss it. Their food is incredible. The space is awesome. Their wine collection is like dense and heavy. And like they have a lot of yeah. like, OG natty stuff that like a lot of, I feel like a lot of people like our age like just miss because it's mm-hmm. like, what's this boring label? Right, but right, right. you're like, there's some gold in there. Yeah. So, okay. So t- talk to me about bar restaurants like wine program as a like you create that list right like you so like in a lot of really cool ways i've inherited an ethos Mm -hmm. there um the ethos was this is a like french leaning everything from food to drink to like experience like Mm -hmm. the way that our patio is sectioned like feels very parisian Mm -hmm. um so my ethos there was that like i was like great cool i want to back that up in a way that allows me to understand what guests really come here for, but also understand that like we are living in this time when like we are able to support a lot more Mm -hmm. of these like ethical, like made wines and winemakers and just kind of like doing that. So I came in and I was like, one, we need a lot more Middle Eastern wines Mm -hmm. because like that's where I kind of like come from. And that's Mm -hmm. like where I want to really like back that up. There's a lot of really cool shit like happening. Like specifically where? Like Lebanon? Like, yeah, specifically mm-hmm. Lebanon. Uh, there's a bunch of like Lebanese pet gnats that I'm like obsessed with um, that are called Lebnat. 
Oh, yeah. Love that. Yeah. And also because I love Labne, which reminds me of Labne, yeah, <laughs> which is it, also kind of fizzy if you like let it ferment long enough. <laughs> yeah. So these guys are cool. I can really quick. The story behind it was that they're like uh, former hash farmers that had varietals growing in between the like vines to be able to like regulate like just everything from like how fucking hot the ground got to mm-hmm. like what was left moisture wise, like on the water table and all this kind of stuff. And then they essentially started pressing and making wine out of the grapes. Sorry, downtown. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's all good. Um, are they gonna? No, I think they're turning the other way. You're good. Okay, cool. Uh, but yeah, so specifically bringing in like more Middle Eastern wines, being able to support a lot more of this like understanding that like sure you have the classics and you have the traditional stuff, but like there are winemakers all over the world you know, with grape varietals that like are cousins of other grapes. So that like, that was this thing where I was like, great, I'm going to focus on traditional French varietals, uh, traditional like heirloom grapes that are from this territory that the ethos of this restaurant kind of like belongs to. Mm -hmm. And then work in really cool moments where like the staff and I got to go have like a full on field trip at Angelino Wine Co. a couple Mm -hmm. weeks ago. And that was the first time where I got to watch some of our staff members understand how like LA was like the hub of wine for one point. So like if my like kind of like main direction with it is like sure backing up a lot of the like OG French stuff, uh, being able to bring in a lot of like Middle Eastern wines that like deserve their shine, especially on the floor of a restaurant like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also having like, it's like cool being like, yeah, I'm born and raised in LA and there's not a lot of of us left in the same way. There's not a lot of like heirloom LA things left. Yeah. Let's protect those as well. So like being able to have like Angelino Wine Co like on our wine cart program, like is fucking cool. Like, yeah. And it gives you like a chance to be really creative with the way you tell, like, again, going back to storytelling, like you're telling a story through this list, mm -hmm. through these glasses that are available, like, you can really like, you can teach people something like a lot of people probably don't know about the history of wine in LA and you're offering that opportunity to like for them. Cause obviously you're going to tell that story mm-hmm. on the floor when you're serving them that wine. And now they get a chance to walk away and be like, damn, I didn't know those vines were from 18, whatever. And were actually grown downtown, which is like insane. Yeah. Like, <laughs> which is like the other day, this guy came in and you could t- clearly tell that like, his wife wanted to have like nice dinner and he wanted to like watch the game. And so he's sitting there like kind of like curmudgeonly like with his iPhone set up. He's in the watching the game while he's at dinner. He's watching the Dodger game. Oh my gosh. Okay. And he's watching the Dodger game and I walk up to the Are table. Are they even good? I don't and, know. What? Are they good? The Dodgers I right think now? they're, they're going to, they're going to do it again. That, oh yeah. Did know. they win last year? I think no. they did. Two years ago. Two years ago. Okay. <laughs> they won, they won in sports. the like, uh, the when baseball was in like their bubble, COVID bubble. Okay, yeah, yeah, no one was in the stands and they had those fake, like, exactly. little wood. You could, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could spend money and, like, get your, like, nephew, like, at his the game. Face, like, yeah, like exactly. <laughs> like, picking his nose. Um, damn, I probably should have done that to my that nephew. Yeah, that would have been. He would have loved that. I didn't know like, you could pay for your figure to be, like, in the stands. It's like your cardboard cutout, I yeah, guess is, yeah. like, what it is. Um, yeah, That's they did funny. that. Or they were, like, putting, like, dummies, like, in the stands. Like, it's just weird um okay so this guy was watching watching the the dodger game and i'm like in my brain i'm like let's go like some moment let's do it he is like kind of like curmudgeoningly being like i only want a cocktail this and that and i was like i'm gonna guess you're from here 
And I'm like, me too. Great, cool. I have this wine that's also from here. You want to watch the Dodger game and drink a wine from a grape that was planted like 300 years ago? Yeah. Probably in the exact same territory that Dodger Stadium is in, which like we can get into like Dodger Stadium (laughs) chaos on a whole nother episode probably. (laughs) Um, But like this moment for him to just like break it down and be like, let's have this like really authentic moment for what this city represents in a mm-hmm. city that like kind of represents every other culture yeah. in the entire world. Like yeah. let's kind of hone in on this one thing that like makes us feel like we're at home. How did he feel about it? Oh, he loved it. They bought a whole bottle. Like they crushed it. <laughs> and then funny enough, two nights later, I saw them at another restaurant. No and way. He, he like tipped his hat at me and I was like, Hey. Oh my God. That's so funny. <laughs> did um, he finish watching the game? Yeah, I think they lost. Oh. <laughs> But like we won, me and him yeah, yeah, together. Yeah. You we, won, we really. Won. You yeah, really exactly. like pulled him out for a second, we got which is the w. best thing you could do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, awesome. he was he was awesome. But like those type of like I think like guests are like really what really like makes it for me is mm-hmm. like it's like you trust us in this experience to have this dinner and like kind of the coolest part is like close your eyes and get ready for some magic. Yeah. And like I think that's the funnest part about being a beverage director, like as a whole is like just creating this magic for people and these experiences that like a lot of people don't necessarily feel 100% safe to go back to or like they do feel safe to go back to. They showed up on a date or they showed up with like 14 people, like whatever it is, it's Mm -hmm. like every single one of those people is like ready to party and that's kind of the fun part. Yeah. So are you kind of like the... I mean, you're, you're the wine director and you're creating the story on the list, but also you're kind of like a teacher for your like team right because you choose the wines ultimately choosing the stories and then you kind of have to like pass that knowledge down to your servers to everyone else who's on the floor who's going to be like pitching the wine Mm -hmm. so like how does that how does that work like i mean is that part of your job like description basically or do you have or you just are like taking this as an opportunity to be like i want to show these people like in past places that i've worked at they've had like educators come in and like work this like system being like here's this giant map here's the places on this map that like they kind of like will teach you where this wine comes from and it's very much like kind of like you're like like elementary school like social studies class Mm -hmm. like getting out and like having these like notebooks and stuff um but for us I like to really lean on knowing that there's this story that I'm allowed to tell with them, but really kind of focusing in on like what goes best with these plates Mm -hmm. uh, is really the education. So like this staff knows these plates like incredibly well. Mm -hmm. And then like I come in and I'm like, try this juice with these plates. And then we kind of work from there and get to balance a lot of these things out where it's really like kind of like an open forum Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. um, for us to really find things that work. Uh, I have an incredible like boss, like that, like really knows his shit when it comes to wine too. So that's kind of the fun part is like, I have this kind of like trailblazer, little attitude towards it where I was just like, if it's cool and it's exciting and it's really different, I'm interested in it. And that also keeps us like on our toes a lot. Mm -hmm. It's, it's kind of like, it's interesting, like how to like educate your staff. Um, we had like beverage training classes, and all those type of things which like have their ups and their downs as far as like like education but ultimately like we like taste everybody during pre-shift on these wines and we discuss how they go with certain things i discuss where i'm getting my flavor profile from mm-hmm. but i'm also letting them know that like subjectively like you guys talk to kiss 
almost right. as much as I do. Right. And like, let's make sure that we all like understand it yeah. like, evenly. So you're on the floor. Someone opens, wants a bottle. You open it at the table. What if it's mousy? Uh, they tell you? What if they don't I, tell you? They, so here's the thing. I've talked to like a lot of the staff about this. Um, only certain people in my experience can catch that. Mm-hmm. Um, usually those people are clearly like, it shows them they're like, I'm a restaurant person. I'm a wine person. Yeah. I'm someone that works in spirits or something along mm-hmm. those lines. Um, but normally you just kind of like swap it out. Hope that the other one that you have on the shelf isn't anywhere close to what's happening in this one. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the times that'll happen. A lot it's of the like times, random like, bottle variation. Yeah, exactly. Or like there's a little too much oxygen and it was the oxygen was warm or cold at some point mm. and that kind of fermented the top of the, you know, cork to get funky and those are those type of things. But like every now and then you'll have like people that will bring in like I hate to say this, but like more times than not, people bring in wine oh. that we have to open for them because uh-huh. they're trying to flex on us. Yeah. Pay the corkage fee, we open it. And it's fucked. <laughs> How do you, cause they tell you like, oh, well, or, that or, or you like, can just like, I can tell. tell. Yeah. Because like in a lot of ways, like usually we'll decant it. Cause they're usually like of something that like requires that type of like presentation mm-hmm. and like it opens up really well. And sometimes you'll decant it and you'll be like, nope, that's bad. Like that's, that's kind Dude. of so far into this like fermentation smell. Taste. Do they drink it? Do they say anything? Uh, no, I haven't had any guests like ever in my entire time doing this being like, mm, okay, whatever. But like most of the time, like if it is their own bottle, they'll kind of like take the L and can we order something else? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is interesting though, because like, I think traditionally, uh, there's like a lot of ways that they used to like, kind of like correct the guests mistake mm. in ways that they like will like take care of the whole experience after that point. Um, where like, I kind of like use it as like a, this kind of like learning moment but being like great cool we have a bunch of fucking awesome stuff that goes perfect with all these plates here mm-hmm. i understand what the what you brought da, 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 da. sorry and like i got some heat though let me like yeah, exactly. show yeah, you yeah, something exactly. else like, <laughs> yeah exactly like the guy with like all the watches in his right. jacket i'm like all right yeah. now here's my time to shine mm-hmm. um which is kind of like interesting but yeah like the taste profile like identity and identification like is really kind of cool too because there are so much happening inside these bottles that these people are working so hard to get to that you like can taste different notes like from the top of the bottom Mm -hmm. of the bottle and different things like that which is cool because like I feel like I do get to review a lot of them for long exterior like extended periods of time um and that part is like really fun yeah really getting to like know the like front and back like like certain wines and you yeah. just like really know like this is a good bottle this is a good vintage like you just really get to know them yeah and you can taste the like quality of like who's stomping and who's mm-hmm. pressing and what's going into it and how meticulous like these like chaotic notebooks that are like wine mm-hmm. soaked that we like see like yeah. in photos or references and stuff like you're like no like there's a method to this madness and like there's magic happening inside this you know what i mean like who who are some or like what are some producers that you're like really excited about right now? Ooh, um, Levnat for sure. Okay, uh, I think that's fucking awesome. Were they featured in the wine zine? Maybe like a couple, maybe like I found out like about two them years ago now through Zach from Nomadic. Okay, back when I was at Alta because it was one of the ones that Ruben was really excited about. 
and that was fucking awesome. Uh, Lebnat, I like their name. Yeah. So they're I'm, like they're like primarily pet gnats. Mm-hmm. They have two. They have like I think it was like a like a gris of some mm-hmm. sort, like Grenache gris or like Pinot gris, and then the other one was like a Malvasia. Oh yeah. It kind of had like a texture similar to this piquette. Like it was like really red. I love Malvasia. Really kind of like bright and like. I don't know that perfect of sugar sweet like sour sweet kind mm-hmm. of combo flavor um i'm kind of on this like wild goose chase for everything that's happening in southern california mm-hmm. and specifically like baja being like my next big focus on that um i've reconnected recently with some people in san diego and there's a lot of really fucking cool stuff happening like in between here like los angeles and san diego Mm -hmm. like mission viejo diamond bar uh agua dulce all these territories that kind of like run the gamut of like outside of the main vein of winemaking yeah is the soil project from san diego i don't want to say yes or no because i don't know um Mm -hmm. i'm not familiar with them the delavan cortez is like do you know the cortez it's like an orange wine that's like super orange I think so yeah it's so fucking delicious it's like crunchy like I can't even like explain it it's, <laughs> it's fantastic um I can't find like any information on them except that it is a label from the soil project but the soil project is also like very vague at least like what I've researched but yeah, I got the like- vibe they were from like like San Diego ish mm-hmm. area yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot of fucking really cool winemakers that will tell you nothing. Yeah, which is, which is amazing. Thing where you're like, you're like, damn, like the the like factors of cool that you bring to the fact that you don't tell us shit is yeah. epic. If you go to Delavan Wines or whatever their website is, Delavan.com, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's literally just like a f- old photo from like 1981. I don't even know who they are. They're on their label. But it's just like two dudes with the surfboard, just like standing there. Nothing else on the website. Links to your in- the Instagram. Like, where do you shop? Where do you buy? Where can you? Can I purchase direct? No. That one of the <laughs> one of the wines that we like. I mean, not only one of them, but a few of the wines that we had as our pairing for the pop up dinner that Eric and I did. Uh, a few of them were like hot commodities like it was like the end of the batch Mm -hmm. and then they were also like kind of like nondescript like the la river wine co Mm -hmm. is fucking awesome i've heard of them that was yeah one of the coolest ones i've got really really lucky and be able to have it on the list at bar restaurant too so i was able to like back that one up being like i know this one front to back but the info on it is like like they're like we throw parties every six or seven months and if you want to come you can get the in and if you don't Good luck figuring out what we're up to. Oh my god, I, mean, I need the in. Yeah, I yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. I know. I like. I missed my chance to go to their last like tasting event. Um, but yeah, that's also a thing that like I think is really cool. Is that like now you have this scene of pop ups and dinners and like experiences through that that now get to do these events with mm-hmm. wine vendors and winemakers and really like support the like yeah we get our flour from here we get our vegetables from here and like the juice comes from you know, these people over here, this guy, right. this group, this like right. t- entity that like, is just super fun. And then you also just get to like meet people that like care so much about like what's happening yeah. in their communities and like being able to do stuff like that, that like, I don't know, the job space too, for like the people that pick the grapes to like everything that like ends up like in a space that like I'm in, like yeah. is really interesting as well. Yeah. That's something I talk a lot about when, or at least like when people are like, on TikTok specifically, there's, I feel like there's a lot of people that are like, they're like, 
oh, well, show me a $5 natural wine and we'll talk or like whatever. And I'm like, do you know how many people have to like deal with producing this one single bottle? Like, first of all, the people who are picking the grapes, like people who are working in the vineyard, then you have people in the cellar. Then if you're even going to go like, if they're even have like a little bit of a team then you have like people who are making the labels, people who are marketing, people who are distributing. Then it gets to like people like you, like people who work in the restaurants, people who are serving, like opening the bottle and pouring it into a glass at a like restaurant. The, the back end of it, people who like really want cheaper bottles and cheaper wines to be like not understanding the nuance of like there's like farm to table. Yeah. Like, but there's like 14,000 steps in people in between. Literally the people who put it on a truck, people who drive the truck, the people who put it on a boat. People who drive the boat. People who drop the box on the truck. Yeah. So <laughs> Those insane. guys are always around. Um, but yeah, it's it's really wild. And like, it's tough to work in a space like that because like natural wine, like like subjectively, I feel like has to be more expensive. Yeah. Or at least maybe higher price valued. Right. Like it's rare that you're going to find a bottle under $20. Real, like I know there are natural wines that are 15, but you're not going to find... I haven't at least found any wines, natural wines that are less than $15. Yeah. Or like, I mean, like it's kind of one of these things too, where like you're getting a deal from like the distributor or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like there's a lot of stuff that you're like, no, like these people care a lot and you need to back that up with the amount of money that you're like going to spend with it. For sure. It's like, and not in like a forceful way, but in a way that's like, like, like kind of my, my circling back to the same point of like the world's getting hotter. Like it's harder to make these things that mm-hmm. we like so much. Yeah. And the places that are like, not like, you know, name dropping like these giant, like fest Parker type of entities, like you're like, yeah, of course we're never going to be able to compete with them. But like that kind of stuff, like sucks. Yeah. No. Like, yeah. It's, it's on a different like playing field of wine, in my opinion. Like I just don't even put it in the same in the yeah, same like, bracket, I think the, really. Because the hardest thing I think from my experience of retail to beverage directing like positions is like people really try and fight you on the grocery store knowing better than you. And I'm like, no, like that's a that's that that existence of a business is for you know like mass commodity. Yeah. But I was like, there's also like. I mean, like, I mean, maybe LA is saturated in weird wine in grocery stores, but like, I remember when I was in San Francisco, like there's places like Gus's market mm-hmm. that have like the fucking coolest natty French, Chilean, Mexican, like all sorts of really fucking cool wines. And you're like, this is a really, like really normal grocery store that's in like almost every single neighborhood. And so maybe it's just like getting people that like really can like run it up that way. I was going to say, I think that comes from like management or just like having like a beverage buyer who's like, we know that market is here. Like we know that like people will buy this product. Whereas like if you put a natural wine at Vons in Pasadena, hundred percent, nobody's going to buy that natural wine because the people who shop at Vons in Pasadena are used to like, I don't know, like, what is it? Like Duckhorn or like Whatever you get. Yeah, there's like quintessential, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, like classic, like California. What's that barefoot cab. stuff, right? Well, <laughs> I hope they're not buying barefoot. <laughs> oh my God. But like, isn't that like the, I feel like that's the quintessential, like, grocery, grocery store wine. Grocery store wine, for yeah. sure. Like, no, it totally. comes in like a liter only. It's like a giant. And thing. it's like very vibrant pink. Like, it's not intended to be that pink, pink. <laughs> yeah, and like, those are the type of wines when you add fruit. 
to it. Like a lot of people make sangria out of it and you like add fruit to it. And like the dyes that are in the color of the juice oh my gosh. bleed into like the other vegetables. And you're like, why is this orange so pale? Yeah. Where'd like, the color go? <laughs> yeah. Like those, are, those ones are like sus. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Being able to support people that don't put funky stuff in their wine is like the, the goal. You know? For sure. I mean, obviously we should be really mindful of what we're putting into our bodies, but also mindful of the practices that are being put into producing the wine in terms of like who's actually producing it, who's like tending to the vineyards and all of that. It's like a super, it all works together. And I think we're on our way to learning and understanding. And like, I, I do genuinely think that a large portion of LA, at least California natural wine consumers are, they're not there yet. They're not there. I think like, it's still like very 50, 50 where it's like half trend, focused people who are like natural wine is the the trend right now. I want to like drink this like pretty cute like wine. And the other half are people who like genuinely are like interested in what the heck is going on like in the industry and in the processes and like trying to make a change through it. And like I, be- I have faith that people will eventually all get on the same page and that like this isn't a movement. This isn't a trend in like Trendiness. This is a trend in like sustainability. Yeah, this is like ethics. a trend. Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah, the like identity that like we all have so much resources and time and efforts left with like what's around us. Like, yeah. we live in these giant metropolitan cities. Like, how can we support all the things that essentially make it to this giant city? Right. Like, yeah, that's, that's the goal. So, this is rapid fire. Okay. You can answer in as little or as much uh, words as you'd like, but rapid fire. Like Who would you share a bottle of wine with, living or dead? Ooh. Uh, probably Keith Haring. Ooh. First, like, top of the list. Uh, other people, for sure. Uh like LeBron. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I'm obsessed with yeah. him being a wine aficionado, I was wine say, person. This leads me to my other question. On, <laughs> on the internet. Like, I feel like I'm the most annoying he is very human. very into wine. But I repost everything that LeBron posts about wine just as a joke because it's really funny. But I, I feel like he's going to open up a wine thing. Um, but there's a lot of basketball players that yes. have wine yes. stuff going on. And I want to get all of them together and do something fun. Okay, second question. Celebrity-owned wine, love them or hate them? Ooh. <laughs> uh, it's hard to say I feel like one or the other, but uh, from what I understand, Dwayne Wade has like this killer portfolio. I've only had one of them. Uh, that one for I sure. I saw one was like a Shenan. Yeah. I was a little – like that was not – it was a very unexpected grape. I was – for me, for – the wine <laughs> and then i'm i'm working really hard on trying to get my hands on some of the amari stoudemire wines he has like stoudemire mm-hmm, farms mm-hmm. like i think it's like upstate new york um and i have no idea how to get them because it's super small batch um but i say like mm, it's so tough i say yes celebrity wine <laughs> oh okay but that like, is a really hot take but like i don't think i've ever for heard the, that for the right reasons or the yeah, right people and there's not a lot of them so, like, I'm being very, like, subjective yeah. with it. Mary Fuck Kill, Cobb Franck, Chenin Blanc, Malvasia. Ooh. 
Mary Shannon, because it's like daytime, nighttime. It always works. <laughs> uh, kill Cab Franc, just because like it's gonna upset so many people. <laughs> <laughs> and fuck, um, you said Malvasia. Yeah, I said Malvasia, but yeah, Malvasia. I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> I, I always get tripped up with that one too. I always like put the Malve- the Malvasian. emphasis on the wrong part of the word. Malvasia. So yeah, yeah. So fuck Malvasia. Yeah. Malvasia, not not Malvasia. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. Kill Cap Franc because like it's so easy to pair with. It's just like we could do better. (laughs) I love Cap Franc, but I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. It's like for sure. It's it's the like in when my next generation of people working in the wine scene come up and are like. Oh yeah, fuck out of here! Like Cap Franc, it's like how I treat people that come in and like want Pinot Noir. I'm like, yo, okay, like okay, idiot, like let's. Go. <laughs> okay, yeah, I could, I could, yeah, I fuck with that. I fuck with the the line. I like, you, I gotta throw something. I think I would probably messy. actually looking at it. I think I would go the same because Shannon is is a great just like all the time, and like Cap Franc. I mean, like it's just, I guess I could do without it when I have the other two, like... There's, like, a lot of really good European, like, Eastern European Cap Francs uh, that are made, like, super kind of, like, low intervention. And those are the only ones that I really like. Like, I feel like... Yeah, I don't know. It's not It's not my favorite. It's very, like... I always expect it to be bolder or, like, just, like a little heavier than it actually is and then it like hits me with this like really like herby it's like light but not in like a juicy light like not in a fruity light way it like throws me off and then but i i do appreciate like a really like a there was one the halison mm-hmm. halison cab franc i don't know that one was really good i like that one a lot but anyway. i think that like the differences and like similarities to gamay in those, like, I always like something a little bit softer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. why I always go for that. Yeah. But, like, Cap Franc's a little bit more, like, sparks. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, that's a little bit more, very, like, like, sharpie, crisp, sharp like, flavors. Yeah. Like, a freshly cut celery is, like, how I could, like, right? Like, it's it's just, like, and I, I don't like celery. It's, like, my Matt will contest this. I fucking hate it. I'll put it in, I'll put celery in, like, like a chicken salad. Yeah, I was gonna say like, like it's like a it's like, need, like egg a salad, crunch. tuna salad, yeah, chicken salad. Exactly. Like, that's it. Exactly. And like obviously <clears throat> like I'll throw it in like a stock or something if we like every time us, anyone but- brings up celery, I instantaneously go to that thing that we used to eat when we were kids where you would put the peanut butter and the raisins and it'd be I like do ants love on that, a log. Though. Ants on yeah, a log yeah. is like my favorite <laughs> like, for sure. The idea of eating peanut butter and celery and raisins, like it doesn't sound like the worst pairing. It's not because like celery is like basically water. So it's like light and crisp and like whatever. Crunchy peanut butter. <laughs> and then the peanut butter, peanut butter, just like I'll eat peanut butter on anything because I love it. And I actually really love raisins too. So <laughs> I mean, this is a wine podcast. This we got to yeah, give a true. shout out to like but so many people are raisins. like, ew, raisins in your cookies. <clears throat> I like, I fuck with a oatmeal raisin cookie for sure. Like, I'm not bad at raisins a, at all. I don't have a lot of cookies that I would say I'm against, but I'm definitely all for oatmeal raisin. Like, yeah, there's like, a time and a place. Like, would I choose it over a chocolate chip cookie? 
Probably not. No. I'd probably go chocolate chip first. There is but, there is one cookie though in this city that I'm obsessed with right now. Ooh, which one? Dinosaur coffee, like right next door to bar I don't restaurant. I know it. Uh, it's like in between. Like there's a there's Akbar, there's the McDonald's, mm-hmm. then there's Dinosaur, and then there's us. Okay. Um, okay. Like in this little block, Dinosaur Coffee has a peanut butter like crunchy peanut butter cookie. That's Ooh, fucking awesome. Does it have actual peanuts in it? No. Oh, it's just like crisp. It's just crunchy, like crispy. Like it's like almost like if you were to make like a peanut butter snickerdoodle. Ooh, it's like that kind of like yum. hard, like caramelized sugar on top. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. I had a friend make me, well, like she, she, she's a like pastry chef. She was making uh, miso, rye, and uh, nigella seed cookies. They were so fucking insane. Like, it was a savory cookie, but mm-hmm. it was, like, sweet enough that, like, it was a dessert. Ooh. So good. Like, That's she killed cool. it. I mean... She killed it. It was delicious. Using different types of, like, like kind of, like, flour and, like, a lot of, like, oats and stuff, like, mm-hmm. really, like, adds so much more, like, textural, like, components to, like, I don't know, pastries in general. Like, I feel like a lot of people are using, like, Sonora flour. Yeah. Which has, like, a little bit more of, like germination like kind of like flavor to it that like just tastes so good Mm -hmm. it's awesome well thanks for joining the pod we can we'll we'll cut the mics um and we can keep chatting about other wine things but thanks for joining i'm I'm, like this was a really fun interview and hopefully you were yeah we really got to like and like chilling and felt good about it yeah no this was cool i'm really happy to like be a part of this and like discuss and be a part of the next wave of like how people are treating these wines and how people are treating restaurants and how people are treating like just this whole moment like it's really important to have people eager to really want to be a part of the change yeah i think there's like there's so much happening and i think it's just like really exciting that like there are people who actually like want to participate in it and like know about it and share information about it and just like be part of a community which is like like what i've always wanted so I'm really happy that you were able to join. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm Thank really happy you. that we were like met that one random night at bar restaurant. I know, I know. Like literally. And that, my friends, is this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun recording it. I had a lot of fun editing it. And if you love it, I hope you will share it with your friends, share it with your wine-loving friends, your friends who want to learn about wine. I also hope that you will leave a comment, let me know what you think, review it. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and TikTok. And if you haven't already, definitely sign up for the newsletter on Substack so you can get these episodes directly to your inbox as soon as they are released. Thanks and I love you. Bye.